Now they always say to you when you become management or salaried employee after hourly, which by the way isn't as amazing as it sounds. The sous chef position is probably the most underrated, underpaid, an uncredited position, but it's necessary for you to go through it to get to the regular big boys. So they always tell you as a salary manager, listen, um, I know you're popular um, you know, with the crew. You like to go out with them and like to drink. And I've heard you, you know, been with a couple of waitresses. Wink, wink. But now that you're salary, you can't do that. You're a manager now. You can't be fraternizing with the employees. So what they're really trying to say is that you shouldn't, if you are a manager, fraternize with employees. If you're a fucking nerd, toolbox, motherfucking lame-ass piece of shit, who the fuck doesn't bang the servers? That's the whole point of joining this industry. I didn't join this industry to be able to fucking wear pajama pants to work, not shower maybe a couple days and still get away with it. No. I mean, yes, but no. I joined for it for the food, the fast pace, and the fucking women. You guys kidding me, bro? Have you ever seen bartenders? Jesus Christ, wake up, world. These are the girls that everyone is afraid to hit on because they're too scared of how they're going to react. These are the girls that know what the fuck they're doing. Behind the stick of a bar, a car, You know the rest. So, you just have to keep it under wraps. And that's, that's, that's sometimes difficult to do because a lot of the guys get a salary position and get all like worked up with power. And now they're favoriting, favoriting the girls and the, the boys that they used to be working with now are getting dicked over. That's exactly why there was a problem with fraternizing. If you just keep it quiet, do you. You could do whatever the fuck you want. No one's gonna say a word. Don't be a dick. I mean, it's almost impossible not to fucking fraternize with the people you work. I mean, if you think about it statistically, in the restaurant industry, we usually do longer hours than the nine to fivers. Maybe do less days, four days, 12 hour days though. And even if not, it's a world that you have to engage with human beings every day if you're a server you have to do shit you don't want to do like talk to the people that are pissed off if you're a bartender you do shit that you do want to do serve drinks to the people that are pissed off but in my experience guests are usually happier to see the bartender than the other server but the people that you work with you spend more time with them than you do sleeping than you do eating than you do with your family your friends doing the shit you love the most you spend more time working with those people than you do literally any other people on the planet. So to say that it's impossible to not fraternize would be difficult. Because you all go out. You all talk about your shift. Someone's going to find someone hot. It's going to happen. You have to understand that girls in this industry are way much more savage than guys. Like guys, guys think they're cool and they're the players. They fuck whoever they want, and they probably do. And they get the first upper hand. But then girls, man, savage. I've seen men destroyed 
quit the restaurant because the girls started messing with them. Not messing with them, like guys are stupid. Like they just cheat on a girl and move and play her. Girls will wait. Won't do anything. Play the victim even. And then at the worst possible moment when the guy has absolutely nothing left and is desperate for any kind of affection, she starts fucking his dad or something. <laughs> or his best friend. Man, they're savage, these girls, man. Ninjas. Kudos. So, um, just to show you how savage the women are in this industry, there's a story. I don't know how true it is. I mean, I know it's true, but I don't know how true the backing of it is. There's this gay dude named, uh, named, uh, let's call him Jose. No, let's call him Pepe. He's a Peter's American dude, but we're going to call him Pepe. And apparently, he hadn't always been gay. He, he's one of those people that came out of the closet. And the reason he came out of the closet was because he was uh, really in love, madly in love with a server. He was a server, waitress love. And uh, stuff, stuff happened. She ended up fucking literally everybody in the restaurant, except for him, while being, like, engaged to him or something. Just some really, really, really cold, like, nice surgical work to a man's heart. So much surgical work that the man gave up women altogether. He just became gay. Came out of the closet. Boom. Now, I'm not saying that she did this to him. I'm sure that there was in there somewhere. It's probably even... It's probably where their fights probably started. She probably found out... Uh, Something she didn't want to find out, so banging other dudes, and so did he. But uh, he's a great dude. He's one of those guys that tries to convert everyone into gays, gayism, just because he did. Now everyone has to. Let me play with your man. Let me play with your man, pussy. Let me play with your man, pussy. I was like, my man, pussy, is an asshole that poops. Nothing is going inside of it, Pepe. Get out of here. Where's your ex-wife? What's her number? Oh, you're such a dick. You're such a dick. No, I'm not a dick. Get the fuck out of here. I don't want to be gay. God, especially with you. Oh, so you are a little gay. Oh, and then he starts. Oh, my fuck. I shouldn't have said anything. Apparently, there's like this scale, kind of like a Richter scale for earthquakes, but it's for gay people. Like how gay you are, and everyone's like on there somewhere. So somebody's like super gay, and somebody's like half gay, and so he says, no yet. To think, look it up. So I'm, I'm assuming this guy was probably on like the seven and point five, and then she just tipped him over. But just goes to show, be nice to the ladies, man, or else you'll end up sucking dick. Boys, what's with this whole new fucking? I'm gonna send a fashion trend in the culinary world by wearing my sweatpants to work. You're not cool. You look poor. And if you are poor, you're not working enough. Or you're spending too much on bullshit and not enough on pants. Work pants in the back of the house. That's the restaurant side of the kitchen. I mean, that's the kitchen side of the restaurant. <laughs> B-O-H, back of house. Chef pants, they're made to feel, look, and function like fucking pajama pants. 
why do you have to wear actual pajama pants to work? Not to mention, they got a nice big fat Tommy Hilfiger logo on the leg there. Some of them have the three-stripe Adidas, which I personally love, but I don't wear to work. The straw that broke the camel's back was this guy's peach Adidas pants. Peach. I thought he had just taken regular pants and bleached them by accident, and they turned peach. But first I thought this guy was naked, and I was like, here we go. It happened. Somebody's finally quitting the way they said they were going to. No, much to my chagrin, it was just peach Adidas pants. Dude. What are you doing? Like, how far can you push the envelope? Jordan looks at me. He's like, um, did you send me an email? Jordan's a nice guy. He's actually much quicker than that. He's not as plain as I'm making him sound. But uh, did wear peach pants for like a week. The funny thing is, is no one said it. And this is where that line comes in, where the line cooks try to see you get away with as much as they can. Nobody says for you wearing peach pants for a week. You can just wear them for the rest of your career. Fuck it. No one said anything yet. Might as well be okay. Hell, maybe tomorrow I'll come with my condom sticking out. Still on. Nobody says anything like that. Maybe we'll just let it wing. But a lot of times, managers are too busy to notice. It's because they're doing other stuff like, you know, fucking labor reports and shit. So when we do notice your peach pants and we say, what the fuck are you doing? Like, how far, how, how far do you want to go with this? He's like, I've been wearing this for two weeks. And first question is, why haven't you washed them? Two, why do you have one pair of pants? Three, why? Oh, why are they peach? Oh, no, but no, chef, man, this shit looks good. Look, it looks nice. And then I get the fucking peach jacket and then the fucking peach hat. I was like, yeah, you look like a nude. You look like a nudist. It was our mistake, really. We started giving out these fancy hats with our logo on them. But one of them was camouflaged. The other one was um, black and white camouflage, which I believe the name is Urban Camouflage. And urban camouflage is, in my opinion, just regular clothing because you're camouflaged as a regular person in the city. Urban. I don't know why black and white camouflage is going to hide you between two buildings. But sure, whatever. So we gave those out. One of them was pink. So this guy embellished on the pink. Now he's wearing pink Adidas fucking pants. Jesus Christ. I mean, peach. Jordan. I don't know how to tell you this, but you have to wear kitchen pants or you can't work. Then I look down at his shoes. He's wearing like, like he's wearing fucking basketball shoes. Non-slip shoes, guys. Non-slip shoes are very, very important because you will slip and fall. I love employees that walk by and they slip in front of me. Oh, that's slippery. There's oil down there. Somebody should clean this up. And then I look at them and I say, or somebody should um, read the code of conduct that you signed when you started working here and get some new fucking non-slip shoes. Because if you had non-slip shoes, you wouldn't have noticed the spill. So follow the fucking rules. Do your job. And get me a fucking wet floor sign. It's on every mop bucket, by the way. So now, I've got people creating their own styles. There's this new cool way to tie an apron behind your back that doesn't make your jacket get all eaten up by it. Now, if you guys wear aprons, you guys know what I'm talking about. Sometimes when you tie the apron around the back, you fold a, a half because you don't want to wear the chest part of the apron because you're cooler than that. Keep my jacket fucking clean. Watch this. <laughs> but if you do have the top up because you're a messy dude like literally everybody is and you tie it around back, it fucking bothers your jacket so it like sticks out and looks like stupid. It feels stupid and I hate it. There's a cool new way to twist it though and tie it as an X pattern 
And now it looks like you're wearing a fucking hospital gown. Wonderful. So now with the styles that these guys are pulling, with half their pants being off of their ass and their underwear hanging out, when they tie the apron like that, it kind of looks like I'm in a fucking mental ward of a hospital. Running around with gowns and shit. At least he's making onion rings, this guy. What's the other guy doing? There's a lot of um, cooks out there that think they're cooks, but they're not. Like a prep cook thinking he's a line cook, thinking that he knows how should the stringy the mac and cheese be. He decides to tell someone, anyone other than his own fucking reflection, how he thinks this should be. Man, you need to learn how to shut your mouth. All of y'all. So like, we were doing this thing called Harvest in the Square once at Union Square Park. I was with a steakhouse and we were next to this uh, other restaurant um, called Gramercy Tavern. Very, very swanee place. Very, very prestigious. Very amazing. Very, 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 oh my God. I was just doing a simple coffee-rubbed hanger steak with some jalapeno uh, butter. That's it, nothing else. I didn't ask them what they were doing yet because I was too mesmerized by this giant piece of history they were pulling out. These two fucking assholes wearing these aprons and they had their hair slicked back with the tweezers tucked in could have been unfolding the Ark of the Covenant. It was a Japanese grill Basically two pieces of concrete and some steel on top of it. But this particular piece of Japanese grill had special Japanese charcoal that went up to 1,200 degrees or 1,700 degrees. It's an asinine number of degrees. And honestly, I don't remember to the T because I don't. Because I didn't care and I still don't. I'm Russian. I like my shashlikia a certain way. So here I am, and of course I didn't know about any of this at the time because um, I don't know things, so I ask. Man, I'm an idiot because assholes love to be assholes when they are proposed the chance to be an asshole. So I came over there and was like, hey guys, what's going on? Do you guys need any help? No, we'll be all right. He didn't have a British accent, but he fucking could have. Fucking dick. What is that thing? <laughs> hey John, he didn't know what this is. I know what it is, it's a grill, but like, why are you bringing a grill to an event with grills already? Now, we had grills, there's a bunch of grills, we could just grill whatever we want. But of course, the Gramercy Tavern has to bring their own Japanese historical artifact. So the guy goes on about the grill and how hot it gets and stuff like that. And then he goes on about the coal and how hot that gets. So I'm thinking to myself, hey, these motherfuckers must be cooking some good, delicious shit. I'm making hanger steak. I thought I splurged. Cool. What's Gramercy got with this fucking 1200 degree grill? Oh, Christini. Christi, like, out of me? No, Christini. We have a duck moose. All right, so for those of you who don't know what just happened, basically, um, they bought a Metallica shirt to a Metallica concert. 
You don't wear a Metallica shirt to a Metallica concert. You wear a Megadeth shirt to a Metallica concert or a Deftone shirt to anything, anything but Metallica because you're going to be that fucking toolbox. So not only did they bring a grill to... They brought an extra dick to the fuck party. They're going to cook crostini on it. Now, what crostinis are are thin slices of white bread, or black bread, but in this case, it's white, toasted so they could be used as a canapé, which is just a small one bite, or dessert, or dessert, or appetizer. So as soon as... I found out that they were doing Christini. I thought they were fucking with me, so I started laughing my ass off. <laughs> you guys are good. That's hilarious. They're like, why are you laughing? And I was like, well, because what are you guys really cooking? And he goes, no, 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 Christini, we have duck mousse. Here, try it. And then, like, his whole asshole demeanor just dropped, and he, like, gave me some of this mousse, which actually wasn't too bad. Could use a little bit more salt for, you know, Gramercy Tavern, but it's all right. We forget salt these days. My favorite part of the whole scenario was when Asshole 1 and Asshole 2 were frantically floating all over their Christini grill, what is now, what was now a Christini fire pit, and um, it was just burning literally any piece of bread that even went near it, not on it, but near it. I don't know how many Christini he had his minions slice them, but half of them were gone, because as we were well, well aware, hopefully, thin sliced white bread tends to burn rather quickly in a 1,200-degree Japanese historical artifact. And perhaps if Dickhead 1 and Dickhead 2 researched some fundamentals of cooking, they would understand what to use such a grill for. Never, ever bread. So this goes back to the fundamental stuff of knowing at least the remote thing of what you're doing because I was too busy making my fucking coffee rubbed hanger steak and then Gramercy Tavern was serving uh, duck pate on spoons because they burnt their fucking bread on a meat grill